I feel like also we can get into unhealthy relationships when someone feels comfortable, right? Like, you know, that whole, the whole, the whole talk about recreating patterns from your childhood that might not be even that healthy. So dating abusive partners or being attracted to the bad boys or being attracted to what's comfortable. Is there anything in your work that kind of can explain that or help people? Completely. So here's the thing. If somebody or something feels really familiar, think of the etymology of that word, family-like. And if that person feels family-like, that could also mean family patterns that are not really in your best interest, but they're just familiar. Like, oh, I've known you before. Well, yes, you have. That was the father that was controlling and tyrannical to you that you're now repeating. The other thing about this psychologically is people are always trying to correct their broken experiences from childhood with new partners. Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm joined by internationally certified astrologer and psychotherapist, Dr. Jennifer Freed, to talk about her sexual wisdom course and better ways to discuss relationships and sex with people of all ages. Topics include what exactly is psychological astrology and how can it help you understand your relationships? A sex bill of rights. Everyone gets to make their own, so what would be on yours? The importance of defining your values and where you learned your views on sex. Okay, embodiment. How to fully be in your body and feel all your senses. All this and more. Thanks for listening. You know that I'm obsessed with you doing your Kegel exercises regularly. I mean, they do stop those sneeze and pee situations and they lead to more intense orgasms. I mean, that's why we need a strong pelvic floor. And honestly, hate to break it to you, it weakens over time. It just does. Which is where BTL Mcella comes in. And trust me, there's a good chance it can change your life. So check this out. BTL Mcella is a large chair that you sit in, fully clothed, while it uses electromagnetic pulses to deliver... 11,000 Kegel exercises in a single session. I'll say it again, just in case you didn't catch it, because I didn't believe it either. You sit on this chair for 28 minutes, and when you stand up, you've just completed 11,000 Kegel contractions. Now, I made my Kegel Camp app years ago just to help us all stay on track, but I don't think you'd ever get to 11,000. BTL Msella is next level stuff, and people all over the world have been amazed by the results. And it's not just for women. I mean, BTL Msella has FDA clearance for all forms of female and male urinary incontinence. Essentially that peeing or dripping, well, you know, when you don't want to, when you least expect it, jumping on trampoline, when you can't find a bathroom, all that stuff. So whether you're one of the 40 million women wearing pads every day or a guy dealing with embarrassing leaks, BTL Msella may give you your life back. There are hundreds of providers offering BTL Msella treatments. To find one near you, go to sexwithemily.com slash BTL. That's sexwithemily.com slash BTL. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com. You're going to love our website. We got a lot of great posts up there to help you with your sexual journey and relationship journey. You can also find me Monday through Friday on SiriusXM Stars from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific. It's SiriusXM. It's amazing. You guys can even get a free 30-day subscription at sexwithemily.com slash sxm and you can find me on all social media at sex with emily also our podcasts come out three days a week so we love when you subscribe if you love the show please tell your friends tell your friends share it with them because you know if it's helping you it's going to help them and then it's going to change the world all right guys i hope you enjoy the show
Okay, I am so excited to talk to Dr. Jennifer Freed. Okay, so she's an internationally certified astrologer and a psychotherapist. And you're probably going, what? What the hell is that? And astrology, my birth sign, is that real? Well, let me tell you this. She did a reading on me only using my chart, having never met me, and it was so spot on. Because actually your birth chart reveals at least 10 times more about you than you might have thought. This is her first episode, but on July 18th, we're going to have her back on, and actually some of you are going to be able to call in and get a little bit of her astrological knowledge. She's been teaching and practicing for 30 years. She's created so many incredible programs. She has a sexual wisdom workbook for teens, and she just basically wants everyone to have the tools to reach their full potential. Dr. Jennifer Freed. Jennifer was introduced to me through Lauren Roxburgh. We did an interview with her. We had a great podcast with her and she was like, oh my God, you have to, she just, I'm not even gonna tell you that much about this woman, Dr. Jen Freed, but you guys are gonna connect and it's gonna be great. And I think it came up because we were talking about sex stuff and then maybe some astrology and people keep telling me I gotta get my chart read. I'm like, is that real? So before we did this podcast, we did do a, a reading, which... We could talk about that for a second because I think I think that we think it's like something you read in the paper, like I'm a Gemini and here's what it means for the day, but there's so much to it. And this isn't some like woo-woo LA thing. Like I feel like you you really are a renowned um, astrologer. For 30 years, you've been studying astrology, but also, I mean, the stuff you've done for, for sex and for teaching has been amazing. But let's start with astrology. Let's talk about reading this chart. I gave you the time of birth, uh, where I was born, and my birthday. Yes. Yes, psychological astrology is a combination of understanding the depth and breadth of somebody's psyche, but also through the cosmic DNA, the divine DNA. When you're looking at someone's chart, you're really looking at 10 planets at the place that they were at the moment that you were born from the place that you were born. And I don't understand how it works or why it works. I think of it much more as mythic poetry than science. But it seems that there's an incredible correlation between the planets and their geometric relation to each other and your inner world and how it becomes your outer world. Right. And that's exactly what I felt. We did a a 30-minute reading where I felt that it was just, it was affirming and it really felt like I was on the path, like my sign, my my plans aligned. I might butcher this, but that I was doing the work I'm supposed to be doing, which was very affirmative. That was sort of a goddess yes. energy, as you said. Or I uh, well, looking at your chart right now, and anyone that wants to learn about astrology, you have what's called a Taurus ascendant, and then you have Moon, Mercury, and Saturn in Taurus. And what this says psychologically and astrologically is that you were born to transmit divine, sensual goddess energy and teach people what it means to be an embodied example of a very assertive and very extraordinary woman of body, soul, spirit, mind, and heart which is exactly the path that I'm on. So that Yippee! felt really good. Let's just talk about that now. So that was great. And that was, and I'm going to get a dog. We figured I needed a dog. We both felt that. Okay, so so I just think, yeah, psychotherapy, astrology, something you can, it's just interesting. I think that not many people do it. And I think that that, that was great. But there's so many things um, that Dr. Do you go, Dr. Jen Freed? Just Jen, call me Jennifer Freed. Jennifer Freed. Yeah. She does. And so I, I we had a connection because I called her on the phone initially just to talk about what we could do together. And what blew me away is the work that you've been doing for teaching sexuality to young girls in schools. You started a program, it was 20 years ago, you said? Yes. So I started a program 20 years ago. I had just finished my PhD in psychology and what my dissertation of 400 pages was on was teen girls and sex because I thought it was really important to understand why girls were having sex earlier and earlier. And so I really dove into that, but it led me to realize what's missing in education is for girls and guys, I created this program called Sexual Wisdom. Right, okay, right, and I have her I have her book, Sexual Wisdom, which is amazing. So you so she, you wouldn't disclose, and you, what, what was the thing that you, you realized what got you there was that women are having, girls are having sex too soon, but now what do you, what was the most surprising thing that you learned? I think the most surprising thing that I've learned is that 
even today, with all the information in the world at their disposal on the internet, girls particularly are so ignorant of their rights, of their body, of their desires. It's all mostly still in response to male desire. Right, exactly. Everything about female sexuality, where we are living now in 2019, is about giving to the men and providing to the men and responding to them, but but really women are just cut off from their own desire their own sexuality um what they want and they are believe that they are there to to serve men so you're absolutely right and so the teaching that you're doing are really changing so what would you like to see for women now well especially for young women the women in the groups that we do we do an after-school group for young women called sexual wisdom and one for guys and the girls all say in this group okay, this is the most important thing we've ever talked about or ever learned. Why isn't it part of our everyday life that we're learning this? But also that they bond to each other as educators and learners because as they get a consciousness about their power of being sexual beings and having choices and being wise about them, they really start relying on each other and using each other as positive allies instead of what typically goes on for teen girls without that kind of empowerment is gossip and rumors and competition and evil stuff. Right. So we really need to get everyone. I mean, I, I, I think the program you're doing, because if my listeners of the podcast know that this has been one of my passions, is like, how do we get how do we get this education to kids? Because pe- parents feel bad about it. The schools don't care. But like, we don't want to hear from our parents necessarily. I've thought about like doing it a peer program and having people come into schools, which I think is kind of amazing that you're doing this work. And all the things you're doing, and you can check out everything at jenniferfreed.com F-R-E-E-D but let's talk about something your soul you have a soul education workbook and this is something that you provide to people tell me about the origin of this okay I write like a fiend every day. I'm very creative and I just write and I write articles for Goop and I write books, etc. And then I had this sense, something else wants to come through. I'd spend a lot of time in meditation and spirit and I really work on what wants to come through me. I'm a vessel and I have a lot of gifts, but it's not my ego anymore. It's like what wants right. to come through. A free course and then it became Soul EDU. And it's really lessons twice a week in how to be a more conscious, compassionate, self-evolved person with the end goal of being in better relationships with yourself and others. Right. Well, okay. So, so this is what I, I love about this is because, um, I, we all, I mean, the most important relationship we have with our, is with ourself and everyone, you know, hashtag self-love, it's a whole thing, but I don't think that people really grasp that, including myself. I mean, I, I've, I've been doing work since God knows how forever I've been doing work on myself, but you still realize that, that there's so much, um, we're so hard on ourselves, we're so negative, we're, you know, the negative self-talk in our brain and, and all this, we don't really know, there's no guidebook to be a good human, right? So I kind of feel like this this book sets, kind of takes people through that journey of what are the messages I'm telling myself, what are my intentions for the planet? And so, I mean, I think you're totally, you're totally right, we don't really know how to, how to love ourselves. What do you think that's about? Well, I think it's pretty biological. If you think back to how we were made, we were made without our neocortex, which is the discriminating, thoughtful part of our brain. It was just the reptilian brain, and we were always scanning for danger and what's wrong. So even now in the modern day world, we're always looking for what's wrong, what's the problem, I'm the problem, are you the problem? And the reason I wanted to do Soul EDU is if you start at least twice a week, your day with positive thinking, it's like upgrading the software for the brain. If you leave the brain alone, it's kind of a cesspool. And it's just random thoughts that are largely looking for problems or being a problem. But if you actually start training your brain toward what you want to think about, it's a training. It's a life practice. Right. It is a training. So that's interesting. So I do a lot of um, meditation and, you know, for years. And But I I still feel like even though I heard my first... uh, you know, meditation class 25 years ago, it was like a silent, I threw myself into it. I was like 25 and I did a 10 day silent retreat. I never meditated in my life. And I was like, okay, this is it. And then of course I got out of the retreat and I did it for a month and then I never, you know, and I kept, my whole life has been a series of trying to get back to it. And right now the good news is I believe that meditation is more commonplace. We've got apps, we've got things we could do. You could do it for five minutes in the morning, but it's so hard 
I think it's very hard for people to get started with it. They don't really see, there's no immediate benefit, there's no quick fix, but yet what I what I realized from my first retreat was that my mind, all I had to do was sit there and and breathe. And tried, if I noticed my thoughts, like a balloon, you watch them leap. And it was so excruciating for those 10 days. It was like, you've heard about these pie courses. I've like done four, it. Yeah, you've done the 10 yeah, days. Yeah, And I'm like, what I realized, what my first takeaway was, God, my mind is this wild animal in the jungle. <laughs> and all I have to do is tame it, and I cannot. And it's ruling me. I'm not ruling my mind. And I'm here to tell you, I'm still not an expert on it. But I do know when I do my daily meditations, the more I do it, the better I am. The more I do it, the more in control I am. And so so let's talk about that for a minute because saying this is a practice, you're like, oh God, but I go to the gym twice a week and this is another thing I have to do. But let's talk about it, the, the, the exercises in the morning or how this can help people. Maybe we could even do some of them because it's pretty great how you break it down. So let's, maybe we can talk about how it's not, that feeding yourself, if we don't... Yeah, like a daily practice of giving yourself positive in the morning. Because what most of us do, myself guilty included, I try to leave my phone outside the bedroom is we look at our phones. We're checking Instagram. We're checking our email. And then we're off and running and our brain takes over. So if you just plant the seed with, tell me, give me an example of a morning routine. Morning morning practice through the Soli Dio. Okay, so Soli Dio. So one that I posted the other day on Instagram was, Never forget how many hands and hearts have helped you rise. That's the quote. And then the assignment is, think about all the people, and you can think about this right now, and you'll feel it in your heart. heart, I just felt it. That actually made you this extraordinary, exquisite teacher of sexuality and basically life. That's who you are as a life teacher. And then actually take the time out of the blue to tell at least two of those people how they helped you rise, what it meant to you that they were there, and basically lift them up. Just lift them up. And in so doing, and this is the amazing part about positive psychology and this type of effort, when I appreciate you, Emily, I get as much benefit. That's actually physiologically true. Right. It is, yeah. So huh. that's one of the that's, lessons. And that seems so doable. Exactly. The lessons are easy. They're doable. They're short. And then you get the benefit. Other people get the benefit because all these lessons have to do with an action out in the world. They're not just, hey, you know, change the way you're looking at yourself. Because I think the best benefit for all of us comes in the interactive field. Like yes. meeting you today was the highlight of my week, mm. honestly. And also your assistant, James Jamie. Anyway. <laughs> James Jamie. Uh, oh, I feel... So, so, you know, that's where it really is happening in these moments of connection. And so Soli DU is about prioritizing that from the moment you get up. Because digital experiences are rich, but they're not fully embodied experiences. Right. Let's and, talk about embodiment for a yes, minute. Because I, I think that that's something that... Um, can be confusing to me. What does that mean to be embodied, to be embodied? How would you define it? It's what I call high touch. In other words, instead of just the mind running the show, which is just from the neck up, you feel your breath, you feel your hands. Right now I feel a little um, sweat on my hands. I feel my butt in the chair. My feet are on the floor. I'm having a full sensory experience. And let's talk about sex. If I just have sex with my vagina, I'm not having the best experience I could ever have. If I have it with my ears, my nose, my eyes, and all my senses are alive, and I'm fully animated, then I'm having an orgasm no matter if I climax or not. Right, exactly. So, so that's hot. what I talk about embodiment. Yeah. It's like, be here. Here right, we are. Exactly. It's like somatic. I've um, Somatic therapy. I've studied somatica. Um, I did a course, somatica. I was trained in it. And I, I feel like embodiment is something that is just, when we're talking about meditation and yoga and all these things, we just want people, we just want to be in our bodies and feel it all. But so many of us talk about the reptilian brain yeah. and talk about being in our heads all the time that we're like, I remember my friend once said it is like, we haven't done the 12-inch journey from our head to our heart. We're all just like, you know, neck up. Yeah. And so a lot of this work is connective then. So by reaching out to someone and saying you did, you know, how they've helped you, you will feel that in your body and they will feel it too. And right now we are even more so cut off, like biologically speaking, we are. But then with technology isolating us and feeling like we're somehow having experiences, but 
They're yeah. not fully, they're not 4D. They're 1D, you right. know? Exactly. We want to have the, we were given this extraordinary temple, this body that has senses and has the ability to read and feel other human beings. We're animals too, right? Right. So when we're on devices, we're not in our animal body. And so we're cutting out the richest part of our tableau. And to me, it's reconnecting. So I have an example at work. We gave an assignment to one of our co-workers that she started having to call people instead of text them. And she just went, I can't do that. I can't make phone calls. That's I'm too uncomfortable. And she kept coming back. I said, no, actually, you have to do it. And finally, finally, she started making phone calls. And she said, it was unbelievable just to have that dimension. Exactly. Just because, yeah, that's what we used to do, right? Making the calls. That That's amazing to me. So let's, I can't, I have to go back to the whole full sexual experience with your nose and your eyes and your mouth. So one of the biggest, you know, complaints and questions we get from people is, how do I get out of my head during sex and into my body? How do I do that? Sex is so disconnected for me. And then, and then still, you know, when I talk about getting in your senses and smelling and tasting and feeling and, and, and that is that in itself is a practice. You might have to do it 10 times during a sex act to actually get there. Now, is this something, how did you learn all this? Were you, were you always having, were you out of the womb great sex? Or? No, no, no. Okay. I had great sexual experiences with guys um, in junior high and high school. Okay. And I had beautiful great. lovers. They were amazing. That was very lucky. Yes. Um, and then I was with women too, and I had great lovers. So I've been lucky, let's just say that. But what mostly is true for me is that my biggest turn on is emotional intimacy. And so I think where people are really not getting the complete package, let's say, is when they don't realize that the biggest erotic organ is connection. It isn't necessarily the mechanics. So I had with those two guys and later with other people, the experience of, hey, let's slow down. Let's talk. How are you feeling? I'm not over-talking. I'm not a big talker. I got it. But it's about actually... This is much more than two bodies mashing together. Right. These are two souls connecting. And if you can have all the parts of you lit up, not just your sex organs, but your mind, your heart, all of it, then it's like a wonderland. Exactly. And that's what we're so... Okay. So I'd be like to call it like sapiosexual, someone who's like attracted to the mind. And that emotional intelligence, emotional... What did you say? It was emotional connection? Emotional... Yes. Well, I teach social and emotional education. Okay. But intimacy for me is emotional the com- intimacy is what yes. you're saying because I always say the brain's the largest sex organ. You were essentially it's kind of like the same thing, but I love how you're saying this that it's this emotional intimacy is what we crave and we don't even know it. Yes, and a big piece I teach the teens and adults is the only universal language of all the languages is feelings. Only one where every single human being is made the same. Sad, sad, mad, mad, happy, happy, fear, fear. So. Sex, if it's going to be orgiastic on every level. Orgiastic? Yeah. I love that Is going to be affect. Like you're feeling what I'm feeling. Isn't that the ultimate? Yeah, but how do you get there? I think having the courage to be vulnerable, transparent, and authentic from the get-go. Like not thinking sex is going to make us closer. Well, right. Okay, so that's, <laughs> but that is what we realize too, especially teaching young girls, you realize, and young boys. We think that sex is this transactional thing just with our bodies, like it's a physical act of getting orgasm or if you're heterosexual, penis goes in vagina and that is the act. And you're talking about energy and connection and emotional and it's just like people are like well we talked a lot and then we got down to business and so it is I mean I think this is a journey and I think the world is opening up more to this right now but let's kind of drop into it more about how that happens like um you know for you or for others how would you teach it how would you well, this is what but we're, we're working so on. we're so shut down. We're people shut are, people, down. We don't know how to be vulnerable. I yeah. love all the work Brene Brown's yeah. doing. Vulnerability is becoming like a buzzword. And I just think we're so afraid to show ourselves because of our, our upbringings and our parents didn't model vulnerability. And we were actually maybe shamed for opening up about emotions. And then men are told never to feel things, you know, to be kind of stereotypical now. But that's what we hear. But then women too. And we're, we want to be the cool girl or something else. Like, I'm not going to show them how I really feel. And then as a result of that, people are having a lot of disconnected, not very great sex. Yeah. And one of the axioms I really practice and think about is if you want to be loved you actually better be yourself 
Because if somebody's loving you for some posturing you're doing or pretending you're doing, you aren't going to believe they love you anyway. Exactly. Well, then take going back to Soul EDU, what I love about this is it's almost like the first step because it teaches you. Because when you say love yourself, you know, including myself, we have so many like, how could I possibly? I've done so many things wrong or I'm messing up. But this is kind of a way to fall in love with yourself or get to know who you are. So then when you go out into the world, yeah, it's you like building present. a muscle. Like you said, people go to the gym to get in shape. This is getting in good emotional shape. And I think the payoff is even at more robust than physically. I think we need to do the physical, but the emotional workout is super important for us to feel like we can receive and give the affection we most desire. And do you think we all desire the same kind of things? No. We do not. Mm -hmm. Some people really don't like to have, for example, sex with intimacy. It's too scary for them because of their old broken attachment issues. Some people really like to go fast and go slow. But the whole thing is, let's at least be real about it. So start with transparent, authentic communication, no matter what your desires are. Exactly. I think most people would say they don't want the emotional intimacy or they that that sounds really scary to them. But ultimately, I think if people didn't have all the their armor on and all their dysfunction and all their challenges from childhood, then would you believe that we would all drink the emotional intimacy elixir and have that kind of sex? Completely. And I also am very idealistic. And I think if people had this kind of conversation that you're doing and that I'm doing from a very young age, not only would people be having much better sex, but I think they'd have much better relationships because sex is a part and it can take up a bit of time out of a relationship, but mostly you're actually doing other things with people. And the spillover of emotional intimacy is being known It's being safe, seen, and celebrated, as my friend Jennifer Buffett says. Yeah, safe, seen. It is true. That is the most connected thing. But what happens with all these couples now when they feel like they feel so safe and so seen and then they no longer have the arousal? They no longer have that interest in their partners. Because there's another piece to intimacy, which is the friction of individuality. Like, in order to really keep, I think, attraction alive, each person has to still be a mystery to the other. And if we trade off our most essential parts in order to be close and secure, we miss that fuel that makes us really desire somebody, which is a little bit like, I don't really know you and haven't figured you all out. And there's still a chase in there. So we're talking about being open and vulnerable and sharing everything, and then the mystery. How do you have both of those? The mystery. It's not. We're not saying secrets, though. We're no, just gosh, saying, no. I understand that because I feel like I, I might be someone who's people have has presented as like oh, I don't know what she's all about just because I truly am always on a journey. But for others, they might be scratching their heads, going, "Well, what do you?" The mystery is about self development. So the minute we shut ourselves down in order to curry favor from someone else, we're no longer mysterious. We're more dead. So to me, the mystery that we're cultivating, and you definitely have that panache, whatever it is, is somebody that's on fire about themselves. You never can quite keep up with them because they keep growing. Right. Exactly. Now we say, like, oh, I don't want to be with a partner who hasn't done their work yet. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm like, they're just curious. Like, they're not just settling. They're they're in, you know, hopefully like they've done some kind of therapy work or they're they're meditating and they're just on the path. Cause then life to me that's just not interesting. Like you're what like what you do isn't as interesting to me as like who you are and what you believe and what you're what like that you what you've uncovered like if you've peeled back the layers of your own psyche you know yes according to your astrology chart the perfect mate for you will be somebody that's extremely into deep transformation on a daily basis that does not settle for like status quo let's just do our thing you want somebody that's balls out gonna really be into delving into the unknown yeah exactly are there certain signs that are better for others no That's all, really? That's all BS. Okay. Because we're very complex, and in anyone's actual chart, if they get a decent reading, there's so many more things going on. So there's no such thing as, oh, 
Taurus is good only with this one. No, because there's like a hundred different moving parts. And right. in order well, now to, that I've learned all this, yeah. that yeah. I, like I'm so much like Taurus is it and yeah. other things. I'm you've like, got Taurus, Gemini, you've got Cancer. You've, you know, we all have everything within us. It's how it's combined. It's like a, a beautiful stew and you have to know all the ingredients and how they fit together. But to say, oh, this sign goes with this sign would be like saying your nail polish goes best with his right. nail polish. It means nothing. It means nothing. That's yeah. kind of what I thought. And that that feels good. So when my ex had my same birthday, that probably didn't really. Well, were they the same year exactly? No. No. So it's an entirely different universe. <sighs> could have spared you a lot of trouble You there. really could have. I'm so <laughs> glad you're in my life right now. I'm, I'm understanding that. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with more. If you've learned anything from me and from listening to this show, variety is the spice your sex life needs. So that's where I come in. But I know it can be overwhelming because I talk about so many toys and products and tips all the time that knowing where to start isn't easy. So I'm excited because I've teamed up with Good Vibrations to bring you my all new subscription box that has a selection of products I handpicked just for you. So every quarter, I'll send you a new collection to keep things fresh. This month, it's my winter warm-up collection featuring a fun selection of goodies that will definitely keep you busy this winter. You'll get a massage candle, warming lip gloss, which is fun for oral too, P.S., some super fun bondage tape. I love bondage tape. If you haven't tried it, oh my God. And an awesome rabbit vibe with lube. There's even a little greeting card you can leave behind for your partner to let them know you're ready for action. Once you sign up, we'll send you your first box and it's all a really good deal. You'll save up to $50 compared to buying everything separately. Plus, you know you won't get anything that I haven't tried, tested, and isn't at the top of my personal list. To get started, just go to sexwithemily.com slash box. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash B-O-X to start your subscription today. Here's a little behind the scenes view of what happens here at the Sex with Emily office. So whenever we get a package, all work comes to a screeching halt. Well, this week's productivity killer comes courtesy of our friends at Cal Exotics, who just sent us the coolest collection of vibes, their California Dreaming Line. First off, I love these colors. They're so fun and inviting. It'd be hard not to want to use one. And there are 10 different toys ranging from mini vibes to rabbits. And for those of you fantasizing about sunny California, they've got names inspired by our amazing cities like the Hollywood Hottie, a mini vibe that has flickering vibrations and added rigids. So, I mean, come on. Pleasure City is what they should have called it. And the Malibu Minx, a rabbit vibe that's external vibrator is actually like a suction cup for your clitoris. And there's eight more. They're all rechargeable. They come in a range of super fun shapes and colors and all made from premium body safe silicone. And for a limited time, my listeners will get a special discount on any California dreaming product. To order yours, go to sexwithemily.com slash Calex. That's sexwithemily.com slash C-A-L. EX and use code Emily at checkout. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me in Stars Channel 109 Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more because every day I'll be interviewing guests sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com SXM. That's sexwithemily.com SXM today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. You were channeled through this process then yeah. of doing the solely DU. Solely DU. It's a daily practice. It's in every, it's twice a week. Twice a week you could do it. In one fact, day. it was coming every day and my good friend McKenna said to me, can you just stop with the every day? I can't keep well, up. That's the thing. There's so much to keep <laughs> up with right now, but I, yeah. I want to do it now. So I feel like I'm going to really get it's, into your It's program. Wednesdays and Saturdays and then there's like a topic and then... I'll be and switching it's topics. It's online or, at jenniferfreed.com. You can sign up. But you're there on Wednesday. Is it like a... No, it's you not. You release it on Wednesday. Yeah, I release it. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm going to be there. And then I love to get emails from people that are doing the course. And it is free and it's going to be free because my last name's Jennifer Freed. Yes, it is. Exactly. Also, then you have your relationship wisdom, which I've also taken a look at. In this course, you talk about people writing their own sex bill of rights, which I love. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is what we do with the teens. Once we've heard from them all their basic misconceptions about sex and that it's, it's like guys, you know, only want girls that have completely shaved pubes and they find us disgusting unless we're bare, you know. Then we go, okay, how's that working for you right. to be defined by other? And then we talk about for a whole session, if you were to write your sexual bill of rights, and then we put them in small groups of threes and fours, and then there's four small groups, and they come back with a whole list, and then everybody votes on what are the best ones. In reading this stuff for women, or teens, I realize yeah. that we, I, I talk to adults every day who need, they haven't done that work yet either. Yeah. Their sexual history, yes. who they are, what they desire, their core erotic theme, or where all the places that you go, or the values. But I feel like we send our kids out into the world, and then they become adults, and I say that people still have sex the same way they did the first time they had sex, because they never updated any information. So I have friends now who are 50 who are like, oh, I gotta play it cool, or I gotta be the cool, or, or I have to still give a blowjob to a guy and not receive oral. I'm like, what planet? But we don't update it. So to me, some of this stuff is so crucial that you could do it at any time. Well, the really- sexual wisdom or relationship wisdom workbook is applicable to any woman of any age or any man of any age. It's it, it just, I happen to create it for teens, but I've had many women friends go, I can't answer these questions. Well, right, but we need to answer them to really be able to deepen and to ask for what they want. But then the society, the culture still telling us that women are still believing it's to serve partners and not themselves. So there's just so much to undo. Well, the worst thing I think that happens that you are dispelling is that we should know all this already. So there's so much shame in a woman or a man of a certain age, not just totally instinctively knowing everything there is to know about sex. What crap? You've actually, it's a workout like any other workout. And it's something you should study, just like getting a BA in English. There should be a bachelor's degree in sex positive relationships. I agree. I agree because we're all struggling. I love it. So I love that these are, because people all learn differently. And I tell people, a lot of people listen to the podcast with their partners. And Mm -hmm. it's because it's so hard to talk about. Or I said, do book, do your research, do read books. What was really impactful for you on your journey of learning about sex? Like what was, was there like books or teachers? Well, this is going to blow your mind, but it's going to be funny. I'm older, and so I came up in the time where people were just doing everything, and I uh, studied a lot, because I was fascinated, like you, from an early age, but the other thing that happened is I went to this weekend sex workshop, where everybody starts off naked. I love it. And men and women, and, you know, looking at everything, and exploring everything, and that was when I was like 22, right? And it just goes from there. I, I just was always curious, so... I think the most important tool that any of us us have is curiosity. I'd ask anyone and everyone I could talk to about their sex life. I just was wanting to know. I right. knew I didn't know. Let's talk. Let's right. find out. So my journey and lots of therapy. Lots of you therapy. Know, I had stuff to work through, but I think that's... And women's groups. I was in women's groups. Yeah, and, same. And I did the women's therapy groups. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For so six, I, yeah. I think it's it's all an exploration and it's a journey and you wouldn't go to a foreign country if you're smart and not know a thing about it. Right. So no. reading, talking, listening, exploring, trying new things. That's exactly what it is. We all believe that it should just magically be amazing with every new partner. And it just, every, every time we have it, because in the beginning, there's that magical like yeah. honeymoon phase where it is good because yeah. it's new and exciting. And then afterwards, everyone's just, yeah. they're <laughs> lost. up in arms. What happened? They're totally lost. Yeah. So of these exercises that you do, or some of the things, what have you seen have been the most transformational as far as getting people more in touch with themselves like I know you have the like what are your values and some of these stuff or what are your well a great one for your audience would be right now redesign your first sexual experience okay so let's talk about that so if I say to you Emily if you could have the most mind-blowing heart-expanding satisfying first sexual experience where would you be? Who would it be with? What would be there? What wouldn't be there? What would you have done to prepare for it? Who would know about it? Who wouldn't know about it? You just really get into all the possibilities of what could make it the most 
incredible initiatory experience you could ever have. And then after you spell all that out, and what difference would that have made to your sexual history? So it's kind of like undoing that first experience that might, I mean, let's be honest, who has an amazing first time experience? Like nobody. So you're re, it's like they always say reparenting in therapy, like you're re, you're recreating that experience again to make it something that actually works for you. So what's interesting about that, though, I always feel like people, I, I do this on the show, but I'd love to hear how you explain this. Oftentimes people, they know they want something better and they want to have more fulfilling sexual experiences, but they don't even know like what's on the menu. Right. So they're like, well, I don't know how to do it differently. Or maybe they would. Like, oh, I would have used protection or it would be someone I really loved. But even just sex in general... There's, when we're saying there's so much to learn, it's like we don't even know what's possible. That's why I was so curious. And I you know, had a way with asking people, but I would just say, Emily, of all your sexual experiences, what was the best? What made it great? Who was there? Who wasn't? I would just start doing some investigation. And out of that, maybe at least five people, men, women, like what made it hot? Well, did you find common themes in that when you asked people? It, people are so particular yeah. and different, but at least the menu grew bigger. Yeah. It wasn't right. the You're same like, oh. answer all the time. Right. No. I've asked those questions. And it's funny because that's how I started. I said, well, what was the best sex of your life? Yeah. Or like, what what's most memorable? And it seems like for a lot of people, what I've realized, it's, it's always like something that's kind of spontaneous. Mm -hmm. They didn't know it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's, it's a new lover, someone mm -hmm. new, or they mm -hmm. just happened upon them. Vacation. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like palm trees and nature beaches. has a Nature has a big part to play in a lot of fantasy. Right? Of sex a lot of fantasies. Great. Yeah. yeah. What do you think that is about? Well, I the think nature, again, we we're earth, animals. We yep. And we, in our hereditary, understand primal energy, and it's always connected to nature and our true nature. So if we're really going to satisfy, Primarily, sex on a great level is when you're uninhibited and just fully free to be your animal lusty self coupled with your emotional mind, then you're really having an extraordinary experience. But that requires that you are in touch with nature. So natural settings are... That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love some... Sex on the beach. Yes, sex on the beach, sex on the mountains, sex, you know, sex. It's just, just sex, right? Yeah. So the, yeah, those were some of the things that's interesting. So recreating your sexual story. In talking about signs, like you said, okay, there's not, you know, I found that like I have a lot of Gemini friends, for example. I'm a Gemini, but I have like 16 birthday parties this month, or I have dated sometimes more than others. So you're saying, but that that's not really, why Why does that those things happen then, that I tend to um, because there's certain be aspects of ourself that we're either lacking and want more of, or we're really into that part of ourself and we want more mirroring for that. But these are parts of ourselves. So, for example, I'm very drawn to the sun sign, women and men of Cancer. Cancer's ruled by the moon, and it's a really deep, feeling, vulnerable sign. Right. That's because generally I'm a thinking, fiery type, and I like to be around people that are more soft and emotional, male right. or female. You, Gemini, love to be with your Gemini friends because one of your favorite things is spicy, robust, authentic conversation. Yeah. So one piece of Gemini's is they're all pretty much into that. So it's not that it doesn't show you something. It's just not the whole picture. Right. So when you're talking about a mirror, so I feel like also we can get into unhealthy relationships when someone feels comfortable, right? Like, you know, that whole, the whole, the whole talk about recreating patterns from your childhood that might not be even that healthy. So dating abusive partners or being attracted to the bad boys or being attracted to what's comfortable. Is there anything in your work that kind of can explain that or help people? Completely. So here's the thing. If somebody or something feels really familiar Think of the etymology of that word, family-like. And if that person feels family-like, that could also mean family patterns that are not really in your best interest, but they're just familiar. Like, right. oh, I've known you before. Well, yes, you have. That was the father that was controlling and tyrannical to you that you're now repeating. The other thing about this psychologically is people are always trying to correct their broken experiences from childhood with right. new partners. Right. The thing is, you didn't say, hey, Joe, I signed you up to be the father I could cure, you know? So the thing is, mm. if somebody's familiar to you, you've got to really ask yourself, is this comfortable because it's a 
negative repeating compulsory pattern or is it comfortable because I can fully express myself and be met there? That is brilliant because that makes so much sense that Dr. Drew used to say, Dr. Drew Pinsky, I was in love with him and he used to have this saying like, your picker's broken, your picker's broken. So the second you, which I think is so true, is that in the sense of, and another way to say it is that if you, the second you might feel someone is so familiar and you're so comfortable and you keep dating these same kind of people, it's not working. That's when you stop for a second and maybe you turn the other way. Like maybe that shouldn't be the thing that you're drawn towards. So what we're drawn towards might not be the healthy, healthiest things for us, but it can be so hard to discern if you haven't done the work yet. It can but. be hard and you need a really good committee. Like I have a friend right now, he's a beautiful man and he's just newly single and he's dating five women. And <laughs> he has actually assigned four of us to disallow certain people. Like if you if they're out for you, they're out for me and he's totally trusting us because he's had a hard time discerning and he knows it and he knows we only have the best interest for him. We have no skin in the game except for his happiness. So wait, so the, you're saying of the people that he's bringing up, wait, so you're saying of the- He has people. us meet them. Okay. Oh, oh you And vet them. Up. Yeah. And he goes, if they're out for you, Jennifer, they're out. Wow. And it's not out for me Can like I, I need to love them. But if them. they're threatened or whatever by, by you. No, by, no. Oh, no. It's more like he just had me meet this right, one okay, gal. And he said, if it's, he basically goes, if it's not good for the community, it's not good for me. <laughs> and so I meet her and I basically said to him, I can hang with her forever. She's great for me. Here's how your life's going to look. She's going to control everything. And ultimately, you may be very passive in this relationship. If that's what you want... I'm a thousand percent behind her. She's a good pick. Did he want that? He kind of does. Yeah, that's interesting, right? A lot of times we're just craving a relationship and a partner and kids and the family that we don't spend any time thinking. We spend way more time on our career or what couch we're going to buy or car or anything else. But like our partner to even have that, it's so amazing how intuitive you are. I mean, I know this is your work and you're psychic and in a way that's like beyond what, like, oh, she's like, no, like you really are to have that. To be able to see that in him, that that's his life, then you'd yeah. be able to live. Like, she would be this controlling, yeah. but you're so right. Yeah. If and that's what he wants, kind of good. That. Yeah. But yeah. we don't often even know what we want or what's going to be healthy. So when we, I always tell people, don't get married at least till you're 30. Yeah. But if you haven't done your work yet. And don't be so snowballed by that attraction part. Like, what I say to all my yeah, clients like, is it literally takes six months to two years for the drugs to wear off to see anyone clearly. Right. And so if you're really thinking of a future with somebody, don't move in with them and don't make a permanent commitment till you've been with them two years. Because the deal is you will know by then what life is like without magical sex, without the drugs in the brain that make you think you can't live without them. And you'll get a clear shot of are we actually the best for each other? What I want for all people, friends or lovers, is that they get to be better and better and better through this connection with this person. Any relationship that leaves us feeling bigger on a day-to-day is the ones we should pursue. So back up for a second. The honeymoon phase that we're talking about is the six months to two years. I always say like that you are on drugs. Like you yeah. look at the brainwave patterns, like all the Helen Fisher stuff, like people falling in love, they look like they're on drugs. Yeah. And then you have to wait for that because it's not really the real planet, real world. And, and that is ultimately the great test is that like, is this person celebrate it shouldn't be as much of a struggle all relationships are are challenges for sure learning how to communicate but you want someone who is celebrating it makes you feel like the best version of yourself so when you're with them they are celebrating your successes and they're with you with your your wins and your challenges and it's like we somehow um are not always attracted to that which is interesting because we want to be around friends that make us feel good mostly if we're involved but but then we tend to pick most the majority 50 percent of marriage and divorce we don't know how to seek that out. Well, there's out. two parts. The okay. early material runs a lot of people into the what we ma- said before, the childhood. dysfunctional relationships. Right. But the other piece that I see a lot is that because of our overly hyper-romanticized culture, people expect that that honeymoon will last forever and their narcissistic wounding will think that when that honeymoon part is over, well, we're not in love anymore and they won't do the work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To, ma- to make a relationship truly sensational and worth having, you got to dig in and really be willing to go beyond that buzz. So let's talk about the buzz work that you could do. I always say the first time you have sex with someone is a great time to start talking about what you want in bed. 
What are you waiting for? Do it the first time. Asked for, but we're spoken so as a like, Gemini. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, what are we not talking about here? Yeah. Why are we going to flail around in yeah. the dark? You no, know, don't you know the candles? You should yeah. always, I don't believe in dark, having sex way in the dark. But so then, what do we? So then, what are some of those questions that you think could help people deepen that to find out if they are with the right person? Well, one is definitely: Can you be? truly yourself with this person or are you hiding certain parts of yourself thinking they wouldn't be love that's not a good idea second is you really want to ask each other what are the non-negotiables in the long term and what are the things that are our absolute dreams that we're going to hold each other accountable for because the other thing I was thinking about a friend the other day yeah she got with this hot guy they're having amazing sex and then what do they do binge watch TV five nights a week and feel like complete dead waste. Right. Yeah. So, you know, having great sex isn't the end all be all. It is not the end all be all. No. I mean, no, I mean, it's important. Yeah. But yeah, I've had relationships like I was like, I just want the compa- the companionship. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, but we're sitting on your apartment. Yeah. Well, I've had that exact experience. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not feeling like watching TV. I'm not a better human because this is no. lifting me up. Yeah. So if you don't feel great, and I think early on that signs too, someone called into the show the other day, she'd only been in the relationship for six months and there was all this drama and all these problems because of maybe the first week it was great. We get yeah. so attached to that yeah. early phase. So yeah. really it's just opening your eyes that they, yes, their work, but they should make ultimately just, is this person, do you feel, I always say to my friends, well, is it more good than bad? When they're like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, hopefully it's filling you up more than it's draining you Yeah, is one way to go with it. Yeah, and sometimes people substitute drama for genuine feeling. Real feeling doesn't have that kind of alarm to it. It's interest, curiosity, engagement. It's looking in the same direction instead of always looking at each other to be filled up. It's like, wow, Emily, let's go hear that concert together. Let's go read that new book together. Let's go visit this friend together. That's what builds intimacy. It's not just always pouring into each other and expecting to be filled up. Who can do that? Yeah, I've I've done that in the past. <laughs> it doesn't no, I, work. I've done that. It does not work because to me, it felt like, yeah, we're all, oh, we're so connected. Just the two of us against yeah. the world. It's oh. just empty, right? That's when the stale, you know, the rote behaviors and all that stuff set in. So this is the mystery that we're I was talking about earlier is that when you're constantly like, hey, I got this thing for, and it's like you have to plan some crazy thing. It's like, this is what I'm into. Come along with me. And then, Let's experience new things together. I always say the couples who play together stay together. So even if it is visiting your friends or going off on a hike together, doing things, be- doing And learning activities. new things together. Yes. You know a relationship's in trouble when the learning has stopped. That's just not a good equation for stimulation. Right. In order to be really alive, and let's just start there. That's what makes us hot and sexy, whatever age we are, is our aliveness yes. and our dynamism. To be really alive means every day you're looking forward to learning something new about yourself, other people, and topics. Right. And then the reason we don't do that, let's talk about that, is because we want to be comfortable and safe. So we eat the same foods, we do the same things, we watch the same shows. So that's not the, why we don't go towards that. We don't go towards the the excitement. We go towards safety and comfort. comfort. Well, I think we need both. So we can't ignore the parts of us that need safety and comfort. And I can say I have a Taurus moon, so do you. Yes. I live on safety and comfort, but that should be my launch pad, not the end destination. Safety and comfort's my launch pad. It's not the place that I'm going to stay because I'm going to be regressing into mama, mama, mama. That's safety and comfort. Right, exactly. God, that's so so dense. (laughs) Now, what about the masculine feminine energies? Do you ever talk about any of this, like how we live in our masculine? Are we going to or feminine in different in different places. I don't know if that would be. Yeah. Well, here's but. how I talk about it: yin and yang. Yeah. Because I think even calling certain things feminine, certain things it's masculine confusing. today yeah. is really not You're PC. Right. But also, it just doesn't really hit the bill. Because a friend of mine once said to me, "I think the feminine is everything. There's nothing that isn't feminine." So let's start there. Okay. But in terms of yin and yang, we all have these capacities to be receptive, to be nurturing, to be kick-ass assertive, to be aggressive. We've all got that. And in order to really enjoy a relationship, you don't want to be split off. Like, Emily, you'll be this, this, and this, and I'll be this, this, and this. Hopefully, we can both be a lot of things at different times. Right, exactly. And you're switching. So that's more like the chemistry. The chemistry. Chemistry is so elusive, too. But it is sort of like playing with that, with the energy. Yeah, It's all energy. Let's talk a little bit about the obsession 
everyone has now with astrology and you said like it doesn't really matter but what part of it can we take from this that does that can be informative well i think that people are craving meaning as the world gets more disassociated and it is and loneliness is a bigger epidemic right now than smoking i think people are searching for ways to understand themselves and others and reconnect and i think astrology as a map is the most fascinating way to start getting more interested in ourselves and each other. So for example, if we just did the sun signs and we say you're Gemini, so psychologically and spiritually you're ruled by Mercury as a sun sign, means that you're passionate about communication, you always want to be learning, you have to make things accessible to people because your ultimate goal is to network people together and create yeah. a community of learning. Mine? That's Gemini, yeah, yes. that's it. And then the shadow side of Gemini. So I always talk psychologically yes, about that. Why not? Side. It's too dispersive, too scattered, and too involved with too many things to ever really feel a depth and mastery and substance of any one thing. Not true about you, but a lot of Geminis have that issue. I have know that. That resonates okay. though. <laughs> so then, you know, we can take another sign like Aries. Aries is a fire sign ruled by Mars. So at its best, it's bold, it's courageous, it's pioneering. Aries has this extraordinary capacity to protect the underdog because of this Mars energy, fiery Mars. Unskillful or shadow side of Aries is reckless, impulsive, brash, immature, self-centered. So here's my book that's going to come out in 2020. Uh, Use Your Planets Wisely is going to talk about... We Use have, Your Planets Wisely. That's is that what, what it's, it's called? called? Yeah. That's amazing. It's okay. going to be... It's absolutely the life work that I've created, wow. and I'm thrilled to share it in January 2020. But what it's going to talk about is every part of your chart can be used at a very unskillful level or a very skillful level. So let's take Libra, the opposite of okay. Aries, all right? So Libra is ruled by Venus, and Libra at its ultimate is cooperative. I want to please you. I want to make sure you're feeling okay. And is very much into relationship as the other is the important one and I will serve them. But the shadow side of Libra is they don't think enough about themselves and therefore they become too indecisive, they become too responsive, and they don't really have their own track firmly decided and people can get really annoyed like well who are you what are you what are you thinking like that right okay that is so I mean and then we can find this all in your book that's coming out yes in 2020 which you're going to be back on I'm going to be back I'm not going to ask you for exclusives because it's going to be huge but I just need you to come by again one more thing I want to get back to is this is this sexual wisdom what I liked is when you talk about laying out your values and where we learned our messages and our attitudes towards sex like how, how important that is once you figure that out is it more like once we sit and we figure out our values and our messages, that's going to inform what we want sexually or what we yes. desire? Well, Carl Jung said, whatever remains unconscious, we experience as fate. So just to break that down, yeah, break if that you're down. not conscious of what's inside of you and what's been programmed in you, you most likely will just act it out without even knowing. But if you actually start looking at what were my family messages about sex, the spoken ones and the unspoken ones. Like, for example, I saw my parents really hot for each other. That gave me a sex-positive message. But I also never heard them making sounds in bed. That gave me another kind of message, right? Like sex is quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so there's if you really get interested in how you were raised and what you learned from your family, what you learned from your classmates, what you learned... Then you have more choice. When we're conscious, we get to choose. When we're unconscious, we're just robots following an a automatic program that we didn't really even dial in. Exactly. And I think most of us are on automatic robots. Mostly people are. I, yes. I believe that. So that yeah. is actually what we're talking about right now is the unexamined life is not worth, worth living. Yeah. And that we really... Um, that when I tell everyone, like, you got to do your work or go to therapy. I mean, there's other roots to that, but really just even if you if you guys checked out your soul edu at jenniferfreed.com, it gets you just to start anchoring and questioning things and thinking about 
does this still serve me? Because I know around sex, people have all these beliefs that come came from their religious institution, their parents, all these places that, that just don't serve them anymore, maybe. And it's just not even who you are. So I just, this is what I'm saying. If you don't want to go to therapy, I think this is, John Luna, your book is a great way to start. We all want to do it here. We're like, whoa, these are great questions. I just want everyone to just, just start looking into it. Start looking into your where you are, how you got here, how you develop these beliefs and opinions. And it absolutely will um, it'll make not only make an impact on the kind of sex you're having, but the kind of partners you're choosing and how you're moving through the world. Well, I think what you're about and I'm about is sex is one part, relationship is a big part, but it's about how you live. The question at the end of your life isn't really going to be, who did I have sex with or what was it like? It's going to be, did I live my life that is unlike anyone else's? And if you're not on automatic, you can have your own life. But if you're just following programming, you're really just marching yourself along with a lot of other people and you don't know what you're capable of. Right, and we're all capable of so much. We really are, and so even though it might be scary to look inside and a lot of us are numbing and running and using our phones or drugs or alcohol or sex, to not have to do that work. So it's almost like if this speaks to you in some way, it probably means there's some work to do. If there's something in your life that you feel is not, you don't have control over, meaning like the amount of you drink or do anything like that, take a few deep breaths and take a look at the... Take a look at what's really going on inside. You have to. Like, that's just how you're going to get out of anything. There's no quick, it's not going to be getting the money or the job or the partner or the ring or any of that stuff. I'm telling you, that stuff is not, that is not the thing that makes you happy. That is not the thing that's going to have. Yes, and I have a couple of Capricorn friends, so I want to use this example. So Capricorns at their best are extraordinarily disciplined and dutiful, and they really go after what they want, and they climb the mountain, they succeed. But I have at least two Capricorn friends that checked every box. Mate, job, baby. You know, they checked yeah. them off. They just went on the search and they did it. And both of them are dying of depression right now because getting what you want is for the ego. The ego goes, I want this. I want that. I want that. And then you get those things and then, but wait a second, I don't feel fulfilled because the entire chase was about somewhere in you feeling like you lack something so you needed something. So the real quest in life is can you become your own source of divine inspiration and fulfillment on a daily level and not be looking outside of you for something to make you complete. Now that's easy to say but talk about a worthwhile journey. Mm. And it doesn't mean you can have people help you along the way or give you great sensational experiences but if you think if I get the job if I've never met anyone that went I got the car I'm good forever right. I got the man I've had you know it's always the next thing it's right because it's the craving the for craving the thing is endless us. yeah it is endless so I always say like you know be the person you want to find like fill yourself up and also thinking that someone's going to complete us we have to ultimately walk around we have to complete ourselves and have tons of support doing that like I would never be as happy as I am I'm a pretty joyful person but that's because I have so many close friends and work allies that I love I work at a place called aha every day I walk into work there's 25 people that want to hug me and love me and I love them right back Mm. and to have a workplace like that yeah, yeah. That that's like where you spend most of your time. Exactly. So I, I agree. What is AHA? Is that something that you wanted to talk about? Or that's that's your education that's, program. That's right? the nonprofit Team? that I co founded with Randy Friedman back in nineteen ninety nine because of the Columbine massacre. We decided young people and families ne- needed a place to go to learn about how to relate to each other and how to reduce prejudice and how to become allies for peace and well being inside, outside and in community. And because our whole atmosphere is about this kind of connectedness and relatedness, I'm not kidding you, every day I go to work is a party. And it's a party of healthy, affectionate, and also calling each other out on any kind of bad behavior or mistakes, but in love. And so my life is not just doing good things for people, but every day being rewarded in the interactions that we have at work. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so true. Your work, you spend more time at work than anywhere else. I mean, I, I do my part of myself. I think we have a great environment here. I was like, how do we make it better? I want everyone. I always say people come in here. I'm like, we are all supporting each other. It has to be yeah. about love and about support. And I, 
what drives me nuts, I have a young male client right now where every day he walks into work and feels horrible and is treated badly. And, and I just think how many people on this planet could have vital, juicy, exciting lives if their work environments were sex positive, touch positive, affectionate positive, authentic, transparent, and also conflict resolving places exactly and they're so not and now especially with touch you can't touch in the environment you can't yeah i'm touching my people all the time just so you know i'm grabbing butts and doing everything and (laughs) that's just true but they know me yeah exactly yeah no we do that here too but it's a little bit different right but no i get it it could be so toxic work environments because we don't oh god there's just none of these skills that we have we need to learn how to communicate and yeah okay dr jennifer freed Thank you for being here. This was an amazing conversation. I know it is not our, it is our first one. It is not our last one. So I'm excited for your book to come out in 2020. You're going to come back. I want everyone to go to Jennifer Freed, R-F-R-E-E-D.com or at Dr. Jennifer Freed on Instagram and at Dr. Jen Freed on Twitter. We'll have all this in the show notes, but um, just thank you so much for being here and for for sharing your wisdom. And I hope everyone goes on the journey with you and checks out your Soul Edu, which is a, a free free source for everybody. And just um, thank you for for sharing your gifts today with me and my listeners. Well, I want to thank you because looking at your chart before I met you, I went, oh my long lost sister, because I just feel like you are up to great things because. Your soul, your spirit is the genuine article. And so thank you for allowing me to be part of your journey. Mm, Thank you so much. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Dr. Jen Freed. As always, you guys, please subscribe to the show. Just do that right now. We so appreciate it. Share it with your friends. Check us out on social media. That's all super helpful. And I love hearing from you. Thanks to my amazing team, Ken, Michelle, Kristen, producer Jamie, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. So how often has this happened to you? You just got done with a sweaty, hot round of sex and now you got to clean up. So what do you use? Like, where do you go? Especially if it's really messy, drippy. I mean, you know what happens. Well, that's where freshies come in. So my good friends, Lauren, Michael, and Weston at Woo More Play, you know them. I've been telling you about their coconut love oil for months because I'm obsessed with it. Well, they created freshies. They're all natural, pre-moistened towelettes made with organic ingredients like aloe vera extract, cranberry, vanilla water, and coconut water. And of course, they're pH balanced, free of alcohol, parabens, dyes, and they're hypoallergenic. So you're also going to love the packaging. I mean, Freshies wipes are individually wrapped and come in a little package that look like an old school cigarette box with the flip top. It's just so cool. Each box has 10 wipes that you can keep in your purse, your car, your gym bag, wherever. And the directions on the box are everything. It just says directions. If you have to ask, you probably don't have a vagina. Brilliant. Trust me, you want these. To find freshies from Woo More Play, just go to sexwithemily.com slash woo. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash W-O-O and use code Emily for a special discount. Get dirty, get clean, and repeat.